0: Own Your Creativity, episode 17.
1: I I will not be creative. I have no reason to be creative if I have no sense of purpose.
0: You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. Now, I have a really important question to ask you. Is there something missing in your life? Are you itching to do something creative or dust off a dream you've let sit in your bottom desk drawer for years? Well, I've got a new program starting on May 5th that is going to inspire you to get moving so you can realize your creative goals. Check out the details on my website at ownyourcreativity.com forward slash courses forward slash creativity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Own Your Creativity podcast. I'm really excited today because we're going to be talking to David Cote. He is the co-author of five books, including a bestseller that's been translated into five languages. He's a shiatsu therapist, an acro yoga teacher, a living food chef, and an inspiring public speaker. In 2015, he was named Entrepreneur of the Year by the Quebec Young Chamber of Commerce, and uh, he's also the co-founder and managing um, and the manager of Crude Essence and Rise Kombucha, and he is now embarking on a new circular economy project called Loop. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Wow, that was a long uh, that was a long description. <laughs>
0: well you're a busy guy
1: (laughs) it sounds like it just listening to it I was like wow I'm busy
0: (laughs) well one of the words that you use to describe yourself is hyperactive and uh, what does that have to do with all of your accomplishments do you think that that's a necessary ingredient to accomplish as much as what you do or
1: I wouldn't say hyperactive is necessary I will say passionate is necessary Mm -hmm. actually you know I wouldn't even say passion, I will say, well, passion is necessary. Well, passion—it's an ingredient, but I think the main thing for me is—is is knowing what's your gift, like knowing what's your mission, and that's not given to everyone because we never really learned that at school. But thing like knowing what you're here for is such a great thing. And then when you know that, you're, all you want to do is achieve it. So you just have all kinds of ways to do it, and you have energy, you know.
0: Right. Well, I met you at the TEDx Concordia talks, and uh, I I was really inspired by your talk. But I'm interested to hear from you about what it was like for you to give that talk, and what went into putting that talk together. Yeah,
1: uh, well, it, I was really touched when TEDx came in and asked me for doing the talk. Uh, yet it was one of the hardest talks to give because I normally have hours with people, or at least an hour to talk and, and and give some philosophy. And I'm, I am I'm really not some kind of guy that can prepare a talk really tightly and knowing exactly which sentence goes after what. So I wasn't really as comfortable as I normally am to speak because I normally speak out of my intuition and heart. So I never really prepare and I just, you know, I go with the flow. And a TED, uh, as you know, TED talks, you really need to be really Conceived and it's only ten minutes, and you need to know your text, and it needs to go with pictures and PowerPoints, and wow, that was a different experience for me. I felt a little bit uh, in a box, a little, <laughs> so it kept it kept my message a little bit on the on the on the low uh, on the low sound.
0: Yeah, well, I was really inspired, like I said, and uh, and I I really like your story that you used to illustrate your message, and uh, I really think that what you put together for the ted talk is would be a good like soundbite almost you know for people to be introduced to to what you what you do and and what you offer and uh yeah so i think thank you yeah yeah, i thought it was great (laughs)
1: good to hear it was great it felt felt a bit stressful (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) so one of the other things that you are doing now is um this project called loop would you like to talk a little bit more about that
1: Sure, absolutely. Loop is a, is a, it's really, I've been in the restoration and food industry for the last eight years now. And one of the big things I've realized after the, all these years is how much food waste we have it's just unbelievable and you know we think about the food waste we have at home with all of those produce that sometimes we lose because we buy too much we think about the food waste in the restaurants in the grocery stores but the more you go higher in the chain if you go if you reach all the the fruits and vegetable distributors for example that's where the biggest amount of food waste there is so so, I decided to embark on this journey of of having a new fight, a new mission in my life after trying to help people getting healthier and, and bringing good food in people's and people's uh, daily life. I decided to go uh, and uh, and try to fight against food waste a little and and find you know creative solution to transform this food waste into awesome products into something else and that that's what you realize into in, in the natural industry that we live in you know any company. Have you know the the first you know the first ingredients or first tools or ma- raw material no matter what they are no matter if you're building paper or bottles or food that you buy and you transform and you have an ending product that you're gonna sell plus you have waste you have garbage you always have something in your transformation system that you won't need or that's gonna be an extra or a surplus or something that's a waste for a company and what most mm-hmm. of a companies do is just throw it away or recycle it or you know, compost it for the lucky ones. But really, other companies can use those things as their main ingredients for their own products. And that's what I, I tend to realize. And the more it goes, and it's a big trend right now, in 2016, one of the big things that we talk all around, even in the UN, is the food waste in the world. And really, and not just the food, in every industry, there's ways to transform all of those waste into something awesome and useful for everyone. So that's, that's why my new journey is. Loop is that concept where... Basically embodying this concept with food by taking all of the surplus and all of the, you know, all of the fruits and vegetables that would have been normally rejected by the food industry, and we transform them into mind-blowing cold-pressed juice that taste amazing, that are twice cheaper than anything on the market. So the idea is to democratize and, and bring the accessibility to the juices that normally are really expensive on the market and make them accessible for all. And and then also the pulp and all of the waste of making the juice because there's a waste that we call pulp, pulp vegetables. Right. The, all of this pulp, we give it to uh, to uh, uh, cat and dog food industry. So they actually make mm. food for all of the cats and the dogs and little treats and things like this. And we also give 20% of it to Cascade, who's a big company in the cardboard and the paper in, in Quebec, and they will make some kind of a boxes with our fruit and vegetable pulp.
0: Oh wow, that's amazing! You know, I think uh, what's interesting is that the reason for industrialization and GMOs that often is given is that we 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 don't have enough food to go around to feed everybody, you know. Exactly. And and uh, so real and really we do. It's just that so much of it goes to waste. So I think that project is amazing. Absolutely,
1: and it's a bit like stock market. People think that, and that's why so most of the question I get from people in the last few weeks, says, oh yeah, but are these produce still good? And the answer is yes. Sometimes they're not even ripe yet. Yeah. Because the way it works when you're a food distributor in Canada or anywhere in the world is that you play stock market. You have no idea how much you're going to sell because it changes and varies all the time. So whenever they, you know you import four containers of mangoes, and the month will show that you're only going to sell three because the price went, went up or something went down and, or Costco didn't sell as much as planned. So, well, they only bought three containers. So there's one container still sitting there on the dock. It's still good. They're not even ripe yet. Hmm. It's just there's no demand for it. Isn't it amazing? It is. So, and what we do right now today and still in 2016 is we put it in the, in the landfills.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's
1: unbelievable. and. Oh. And just talking about it, it sounds like just words, but I went in there and I went in the warehouse and I, I saw all the fruits and vegetables, the only true in the day. And I, I cried. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, that's yeah. a, that's a, and that's how the system is built. Wow. Isn't well, it it,
0: it's a whole different mindset, you know, because in Europe they used to had used to have the, um, the idea of the commons, you know, that yeah. there was like a common area where everybody could go and, you know, after the farmer had, had, uh, you know, um, uh, brought in all of the, you know, vegetables that he had and anything left that, you know, people could come and take it, you know, yeah, exactly. and, uh, and that's kind of sounds like what you're doing almost in a way, you know, is yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool.
1: That's the idea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so excited right now. Like I've been working on the, on the same company and the same project and same mission for eight years. Wow. And now that I'm embarking on this new, this new mission, this new project, I'm like, I'm full of, full of energy. I'm yeah. really happy.
0: So um can people uh, find this somewhere? Like is there some place online where they can find out more information? It will
1: uh, well there's gonna be a website and everything very soon. We're okay. launching the whole project and the juices in the stores in oh, okay. mid-June. Okay. So very soon. Very, so they can
0: soon. go to your website for Crudescence and um yeah, it's Rise not come gonna, come gonna to be on crudecence, you know? it's gonna be on loopjuice.ca.
1: Okay. Okay. Loop yeah. okay. All Maybe. right. Great. Yeah.
0: So, what's your definition of creativity?
1: That's a good question.
0: <laughs>
1: creativity for me is really, first of all, being connected. And by being connected, I don't mean necessarily being connected to all. And I'm, I'm not talking about it in a new age kind of way. I'm just saying be connected in, in the moment and, and knowing myself enough to, to be aware, to be really there. And and what that brings is a bit what I was saying is that it's going to bring a sense of purpose. I, I will not be creative. I have no reason to be creative if I have no sense of purpose. Mm. And unfortunately, when I say this in conferences, often people are left a bit dis, desperate. They're like, well, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm here. What's my What's my purpose? What's my gift? I'm supposed to bring to this world and the thing is that we all have a gift that we can bring to this world we all have something we everybody has something they're passionate about and creativity comes when your passion what you know you're passionate about comes end in end with your with your mission with your purpose because most of the time my passion will become my purpose in life i was passionate about inspiring people Really, and I was passionate about food. So I combined them together, and I wanted to change the world. I wanted to be an environmentalist. I wanted to do something important. That was you know, something that was deep in my, in my blood, yet food was my passion. So I combined them together, and I realized that by food, I could really change the world by changing the way people eat. Right? So, and we always have a passion that we can combine with really our mission, and that's, that's for sure. When you connect it with those both, there's no chance for you not to be creative. You'll be creative, for sure, because you're in your flow. You know what you're there for. If I, if I don't know what I'm here for, if I don't really have a dream or something I want to accomplish, and really, when I say this, it doesn't have to be grandiose. It can be just, I want to see my grandchildren get 50 years old, or I want to, I want to it can be amazing. It can be, I want to sail around the world, or it can be, I want to start this, this new project of helping, uh, helping children learn a new language at school. It can be anything. It can be building a house out of Popsicle sticks. It doesn't matter. As long as I'm passionate about it and it serves a purpose for myself or for others around me. If it does, there is no reason not to be creative. It sounds, I know it sounds like a magic formula, and yet it's difficult because you think, well, yeah, but it's easy to say it because you know what you want to do, but some people don't know what they want to do. I think most of people know what they want to do. It's just it takes... Courage Yes and energy to make changes, because the thing is that often we let that because when we're, when we're young when we're younger when we're about you know 10 to 20 22 it's kind of easy to know what we like and then we know what we like it's not a question. We know what we're attracted to. we know which kind of friends we want to have we know which kind of friends we don't want to have but when you start to grow up and you start you know start slowly not making the choices out of passion but out of fear because we told you that you should maybe study in this because there's not much chances to have a job, so you better maybe study in this, which is going to open you more gates. Or you better, you know, go to that school because it's a better school, even if it's not that R it depends, you know. But we all, we all start taking decisions at some point in our life that are most, you know, fueled from fear a little. And that's when slowly but slowly we lose our creativity because we're not exactly in tune with what exactly we we're here to do. Does that, am I making sense here?
0: Perfect sense to me.
1: <laughs> okay, awesome. So because of this, you know, you're you're going forward, like you're stepping step by step into these little, small, tiny decisions that are taking you not down, but into a life that will end, eventually. End you up. You'll wake up at 50 or 40 years old or 30, snoozing, you know, pressing on the clock uh, two, three times in the morning, and kind of not really wanting to go to work, but okay with it and accepting it and doing your grocery shopping on Tuesday and coming back home and watching a few programs and having this life that is kind of fine. It's okay. It's not bad, right? It's all right. And then you think, well, some people have really a hard time in life and they have it rough, so so I shouldn't complain. But yes, you should complain if you're not totally, absolutely waking up in the morning and you're absolutely certain of what you're going to do today. And excited about it.
0: So do that's, you?
1: That's how I see it.
0: Do you wake up every morning excited and leaping out of bed?
1: Yeah. Except sometimes you see. That's why I stopped doing. That's why I stopped being the CEO of de because I was teaching this. You know, I was I was doing conferences talking about this, and I discovered this whole philosophy because I was teaching people at first to eat well, to eat good food, and to be healthy, and to you know take the steps to you know, engage and really eat the right food for yourself and and I didn't have that much great effects on my students. I realized fifty percent of my students will just stop after a few months and just go back to their old habits that were destroying them. And then I was thinking, why? Why are we going in the wrong direction? And then I realized that most of people don't know what's their purpose. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the point of being LT and then Full, you know, fully, totally fueled by all the nutrients you eat when you don't know exactly what you're going to do with all that energy. Yeah. You know, it's easier to eat a big piece of bread and peanut butter jam and, and numb yourself a little, a little, so that you can accept the way it is instead of being really sensitive and wanting to go further. I didn't answer your question there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was all good, all interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you ever? Have a time in your life where you were disconnected from your passion and your creativity yes that's and what, what was that's that what like i for you? thank
1: you. you're coming, you're bringing back on the track where i want to tell i it, you know sometimes I wake up in the morning and I don't really want to go and that's when I realized i was i was at, at the head of a too big of a business you know i uh, I built something out of dreams and a lot of people helped me out of the same passion and same dreams and eventually I realized I wasn't doing you know, I wasn't doing what I liked anymore. I was, beca- I became a manager, managing 125 employees, you know, trying to cut costs because this is what we needed to do to survive and, and trying to, you know, do, you know, human resources and, and repair the compressors of the fridges. And I, I couldn't create anymore in the kitchen because I didn't have any time to make new recipes. I couldn't do any new projects. I couldn't open new restaurants because I was too busy, you know, trying to sell the ones I had. And, and that's when I started snoozing in the morning.
0: <laughs> that's when I
1: started not really wanting to wake up. That's when I started having white hair. Seriously, that's when wow. my first white hair grew, when I started being stressed about, not about the work. I've been a lot stressed about, are we going to make it, or is it going to work? That was fine because it was exciting. Now I was stressed because I felt my purpose wasn't, wasn't really fulfilled anymore. You know? I felt like I wasn't really achieving myself in, our daily, in my daily life, I was just doing, you know, trying to, you know, do bits and pieces, but not really I didn't see the big the big grand scheme. So I stopped, but it took me a bit, you know, it took me a little because it was hard on the ego. But then I realized, this, you know what, I'm going to give my position to someone as a CEO. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be the president of this company anymore. I'm going to just give it to people that are, that's what they like to do, that they're passionate about organizing. They're mm-hmm. passionate about cutting costs in a good way. They're passionate about finding solutions to the things that, to me, were starting to be too complex. And I'm going to start new projects with Loop and food waste and all of this. And, and now it's the opposite. You see, I'm a, You have to know what you are. Some people are passionate about keeping things. Some people are passionate about you know, accounting. I'm passionate about starting new projects. So I know already, now that I know this, I'm not going to try to be managing Loop in five years from now. You know, when it's going to be big and bigger... I'm going to start something new because I know that's what I'm good at.
0: Wow, that's so inspiring.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> so what is the best advice that you've ever received?
1: I will say that the best advice I ever received was to not choose people in my team because of their experience and their, their resume, but because of the click and the, the connection that I will get with them. That was such a good advice because I was doing it at first really I because I had no experience you know I, had, I when I started the company I had I, I didn't do my income tax for 7 years I was traveling barefoot around the world you know I didn't I was I didn't I wasn't in Canada at all I, I'd never been an entrepreneur I didn't, didn't have any business and when I started I felt I had no experience, so I needed to surround myself with people with tons of experience, coaches, and accountants, uh, and things like this. Some of them were really good decisions, especially the accountants. <laughs> <laughs> but but so uh, one guy came to me and I said I don't. There was this guy that was following me for a while. He was trying to be a coach, and he was a, a you know a, a specialist. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't feel it. I felt that the things, the advice, he was giving me were just. Not right for the business. It, it, it was wrong. And, but he had this big resume and this big career, and he was getting so much an hour that I was like, I need to listen to him. And, and, I, and I talked to my friend, and he was like, you know what? You shouldn't. You should just listen to your guts and, and find people that you fit with. And that's what I did, and it's the biggest, biggest gift I, ever, I could have ever given to give the songs to my business is to hire people that even if they didn't have the experience, they had the passion. And they were not only passionate about the subject and, and our mission, but, you know, passionate in their own life. You know, they were, they knew what they were there for. And we connected and we were, and, you know, because you can't be friends with everyone. Some people will annoy you sometimes, right? So you have to be surrounded by people you like and you want to be surrounded with. And that's how Créissance grew so well, because I had nice people surrounding me, really.
0: Can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success?
1: Um, yeah, I, that's a, that's a good one. I'm a bit uh, shy about it. No, I'm not really shy. <laughs> but uh, a good thing that I do is that, well, first, I don't think myself too seriously. And I love dancing. I love partying, excuse the expression, but I love like organizing an event and throwing a big party with DJs and just dancing all night. And having such a good time. I, such a, I don't even drink much or anything we don't it's we we just dance on good music with good people good djs and just you know get it out and often in the morning after this i'm emptied you're so tired and you had an awesome time and you can't think anymore it's just you're just in that peace moment and normally when i come back on the monday after that i'm so fully fully energized and i'm full of creativity i always have new ideas it always comes i have this amazing idea that it came it didn't come to me in the night. It didn't come in the morning, the day after. It just, just comes after. If you run after ideas, if you run after being creative about something, it doesn't come. Mm. It's a bit like in the movies, you know, when, when you, you work. You know, sometimes the, the, car, the main character works on a the, on the thing and it seems like so complex and eventually he forgets about it. He despa- he's desperate and he forgets. He surrenders to the fact that it's not going to be possible. And then he sees something, anything, that has no link at all with the problem. And he thinks about a solution.
0: Yeah.
1: It yeah, happened to me this morning. We we're trying to find a solution. We're trying to make a video for the new, uh, the new project that we have. And the tree around the table, we, had, we were trying to put ideas, but it wasn't flowing. Like, nobody liked the, idea, was, uh, the ideas of the other one. And it just didn't work. And I said, okay, guys, stop it. We forget about it. Just forget it. Let's go Let's go have lunch. And then we went to have lunch. After the lunch, someone saw a girl passing by with a sweater with a nice beautiful river on it and then the river on the, on the, on the sweater gave her the idea for the, for the film and we all loved it, it was like, <laughs> yeah, let's do this so you have to let go you have to surrender if the idea is not coming, it means it's not going to come if you work on it the greatest ideas come with the less efforts yeah. that's amazing when it you think is. about it, it is. the greatest creative idea comes always with the least effort ever that's it. I think.
0: What insp- What person inspires you to be creative?
1: Um, my I think my girlfriend. My girlfriend now, uh, she's <laughs> she. You see, I just smile thinking about it. She's so hilarious. <laughs> she has no inhibition. She doesn't really care. You know, she doesn't care about what people think or whatever. So, she'll. She'll wake up in the morning and start dancing, on the, or start singing, even if her voice is so off and it sounds <laughs> awful. She doesn't care because she knows that, you know, even if people judge her, they're gonna point their own fingers at them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think right, it's always a different person in my life. But right now, it's, she's really my biggest inspiration for creativity because she, because because I became a bit more famous and a bit more popular, and people started to know me. It seems like the you get this, uh, this ego thing where you, you start thinking about what you look like or you start being scared of what people are going to think. You know, I say this, and I think everybody's like this. Everybody is always a bit scared of what people are going to think. And that's often a total break to your creativity. It's like this in relationship, right? If, it's easy to say, but it's so true. In in relationship, when you try to impress the other person, that's when you make the worst impression. Yes. When you let go... And you're just yourself, and you don't really and you start not caring too much, you just think, "You know what? this person needs to love me because who I am. if I need to make it wear a mask all my life so that she loves me, that's not love that doesn't, I'm not going to be comfortable, so just accept who you are and, and just release and let go, and that 's when that's when you become so awesome.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite work of art? It can be any type of art
1: um, Well, to me. There, yeah, there's so many hearts, right? But mine, for sure. I mean, I'm a chef, right? Well, that's what they told me I was. I'm, I never studied in, in chef school, but I, I'm a chef now. That's my title. So for sure, it's cooking. For sure, it's making food. I think the reason is because all the senses are involved. You know, in painting, it's your, it's visual, it's your hands, it's physical, but it's you know, it's mostly visual. Uh, the when you when you cook, it's everything. It's your smell. It's your eyes it's your it's your touch it's the sound because it's crispy or it's sizzling or every senses are involved when you're cooking and it's a it's an art that's i like any art that's that that's ephemeral is that a word in english that ephemeral? doesn't last that's ephemeral. ephemeral ephemeral thank you thanks for teaching me this <laughs> uh so yeah it's an art that's ephemeral that doesn't last for long but it stays somehow it stays for the forever but the art itself is ephemeral so Yeah, cooking is definitely my favorite art by far.
0: And do you listen to music or do you dance while you're cooking?
1: Uh, Most of the time I listen to music. I don't dance while cooking because cooking is a dance. So, So I'm not really dancing, but I am dancing in my kitchen. Like every movement and every... Knives, cuts, and everything, really. Cooking is amazing when you think about it. It's amazing because you, you put this in your mouth and you become what you eat. You become—you create this beautiful heart and then you ingest it and it transforms itself into you. It's quite fantastic.
0: Well, I think that links to your TED Talk when you were talking about getting back to your wild self. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And uh, a favorite quote that inspires you.
1: A favorite quote that inspires you. Uh, in French, it's a it's a quote that, that inspired me when I was I was seven years old and I watched that cute movie for kids. I don't even know in English what it was, but the title of the movie is Ce n'est pas parce qu'on est petit qu'on ne peut pas être grand. It's not because you're small that you can't be big. Oh. And when I was seven, I was really small. I was, I've always been a small guy, like I never I wasn't tall or big or whatever. And and so I, I took it for the, the literal way, you know, but then growing up, it stayed with me, that movie. And, and, and I realized how that quote, you know, helped me as a kid, but now it's helping me for anything, not just for the literal way, for, for everything. It's not, you know, it's not because you're small that you can't be big. And that's, I don't know, it talks to me. It's really cute. It's simple.
0: It is. It's a great philosophy to live life by. Yeah. So that is the end of our interview, and I'm just so excited that you're able to take time out to be on the show, and I uh, really appreciate this, and it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you.
1: It's been an awesome pleasure. Thanks to you, Elizabeth.
0: Cooking is dancing, said David Cote, and interviewing him felt like a joyous dance to me. I hope you enjoyed the interview, too. The reason I wanted to have David on the podcast was because I believe that what we put into our bodies affects our brain, which affects our level of creativity. It's all connected. And that's the inspiration behind the creativity course I've put together. Go check out the creativity course starting on May 5th. All the details are at ownyourcreativity.com forward slash courses forward slash creativity. Until next time, own your creativity.